This is episode 81 with John Cavell. Strategize, plan it in advance. If you want to grow, you know, don't do what so many entrepreneurs do, which is just drift and get bigger without a plan, because that will be absolutely Groundhog Day. You know, it, you've got to plan it out. Welcome to the Try to Succeed podcast. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Drive to Succeed podcast. If it's your first time tuning in today, my name is Daniel, the host of the show. This podcast exists to bring you new knowledge, wisdom, and truth in the world of entrepreneurship and self-development. I'm excited to introduce to you our guest today, who is an entrepreneur in UK and has a few decades of running micro and small businesses behind her. She's the author of the book Scale for Success, John has put her entrepreneurial experience together with her passion for writing a book aimed at helping entrepreneurs to grow their businesses during the big leap of 1 to 10 million. And in this episode, we talk about how she started building her first business on their kitchen table, early struggle of building a business as a single mother, and striking a balance between growth and mental health. The waitlist is now open for the Podcast Academy, an on-demand online course where I'll show you how to start, grow, build, and launch your future podcast. The website is thedrivetosucceed.com forward slash podcasting. Again, the website is thedrivetosucceed.com forward slash podcasting. I just wanted to remind you as well that if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, the Drive to Succeed is available in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Click that subscribe button right now. It would also mean the world to me if you would leave us a rating and a review. This way, it can improve our searchability, reach out, and impact more people too. And now, let's welcome John Cavell. Thank you so much. I'm super chuffed to be here. Thank you so much for having me on as a guest. You're welcome, John. So let's dive right into it, right? So in your decades of running micro to small businesses, what is the biggest lesson you've learned so far? I think the biggest lesson is probably don't forget the sales because uh, as we were just having a chat about this and I know I um, put my hand up to being sales obsessed, but I do think it's really important. And, you know, unless you've got a route to market, you haven't got a business, you can get huge investment these days and all this, but it's got to be focused on making money with those sales when it comes down to it. And, and I think, you know, people are in danger of thinking sales is unfashionable. And I, and I don't think they should forget it. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I, I think most people are, are obsessed now, like, you know, building the shiny thing, try to, you know, get some money from the investors, but they forgot that. All right. So after taking the money from the investors, what's your revenue look like? right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I know you, you know, um, you run traditional businesses as well, but I'm just curious, what's the first business that you open? And when you mentioned about sales, just give us context on that. Goodness, I think uh, I opened so, so a succession of businesses when I was in my late, late teens, early 20s. And they, they were all sales orientated. It would be some sort of product or service and I didn't really care very much I had a sort of source of German wine I made sandwiches and flogged them around offices I had a catering business and all these sorts of things but you know it was just 
selling something, putting a markup on it and living on the profit. And I thought that was a great way to live. You know, I didn't have any responsibilities. I wasn't trying to build an earth-shattering business, but, you know, it was, it was lovely. Understood. So basically, you have a really a strong entrepreneurial background. But when you mention about uh, sales, is it more like a B2B, a B2C context? Or because I know sales process on, you know, can differ from industry to industry, right? Um, but if you can like explain that. I agree. And sometimes when I run out of cash, I have to take a job. And those tended to be in B2B sales. So when it came to me setting up uh, a serious business as such. I went for the B2B sales for lots of reasons. It's it's, it's definitely service orientated. You're going for repeat business. You're going for long-term relationships, even back then when it was all about hard, hard selling, but you still wanted to build something that would last. You know, So it struck me as a much more sensible option to go B2B, but plus my experience was mostly in it. So as I said, I'd done the face-to-face stuff as well and got plenty of doors slammed in my face. I understood. So it was like more like door-to-door, like knocking on everyone's door? and then... No, but the, the, the proper business as such, the one I scaled, <laughs> was uh, phone, I, I launched by phone selling, all, all telephone selling, because I had young kids at the time and I couldn't go out to work. So I had, uh, or as I saw it, I couldn't go out to work. And so uh, it was it was originally all based on, you know, phone and buying trade directories because there was no internet. Yeah. And, uh, you know, <laughs> crazy stuff, just flying through lists, you know, getting on that phone again, persevering. And of course, that's a big thing in entrepreneurship, isn't it? You know, just keeping going somehow. And again, sales is a, is a good, you know, lesson for that. Because, of course, we were taught in sales that, you know, you never give up till at least seven calls, you know, and that's, that can be disheartening, keeping going, of, you know, after number four, five, six. <laughs> but it does. It teaches you perseverance. Interesting, interesting. So uh, I know most people right now, when they started to like open a business or start a business, one of the things they think about is like, all right, so what should I post on social media or how can I you know, build my publicity versus getting, you know, picking up the phone and start making a profit. Because I think in in every entrepreneur, that should be like the main core skill that one must have, like picking up the phone, interrupting someone, introducing yourself, you know. (laughs) I I think now it varies from sector to sector. You know, you can't do as much of that in, um, you know, direct sales to the consumer. But, you know, it still comes back to B2B sales techniques for big contract, big business-to-business sales. You know, so um, it's it's essential there. And I still think it's a good skill for everybody to have. And, you know, yes, both need social media. It's more of a complete package now, isn't it? But <laughs> that, of course, requires sales and marketing uh, departments to talk to each other, which is one of the challenges, I think, in running a business because... Sales and marketing don't tend to be best friends. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> like you do your job, I'll do ours, and you know. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> understood. And so, basically, one of the things uh, I think you mentioned, uh, well, you know, before we start recording, is you help entrepreneurs how to scale from a million to ten million. I don't know if that's pounds or you know dollars, but obviously, there's a different context or different you know skill set and mindset when you're running from zero to one million, and then from one million to ten million. 
can you just explain you know what's the difference and how can anyone who's listening right now maybe they're running like a hundred thousand a year or five hundred thousand a year how can they reach that gap or you know what's the process looks like absolutely i mean it's very difficult as you say to uh, you know it's why i'm not too bothered whether it's pounds or dollars because it's an (laughs) approximate amount uh depending on sector but as you know so well it's that leap between small business or the fast growth startup but into a separate entity type creation of a business and whatever stage that takes size that comes in you're absolutely morphing from a a caterpillar to a butterfly into something completely different and so it's it's that big leap that I was aiming to help people because it's a toughie it's really tough understood and when is this uh, book launching a uh, scale for success is out now right or it's out in the uk now and it comes out in um australia and the states within 10 days now so yeah it's uh, we're jolly nearly global which is pretty exciting from bloomsbury understood and what made you decide to to write this book i, I- i'm sure you know why now i mean that's the big question <laughs> Well, time, <laughs> um, you know, I have, having not got a business of my own anymore, I actually have the time to write it as opposed to writing articles, which I've done for many years. I love doing, I love writing about entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs, studying and learning from them. But, you know, it struck me that I actually had the time and it's been a lifetime dream to write a book. And uh, so why not try and launch a new career? But I was, I was very tough to get a proper contract with Bloomsbury to do it so I'm very lucky and when when you were when you you mentioned when you were like starting your own business and you mentioned earlier in this interview as well that you know you thought you will never see your kid doing it because I think one of the um, challenges when you start your own business is that sometimes you need you know in the beginning you might want to work for 14 hours or even some like crazy 16 hours a day and you know that can affect your not just your health but also like your social you know like like social life you know what i mean because you don't see your friends maybe you are awake then your family's asleep or your wife is asleep you don't you know um so what are your thoughts on that how to handle like mental health challenges as as a mom as well and as a provider for your family like what are the you know challenges that you encountered and how do you overcome it I'm so glad you brought that one up. And I know you, you've you gone through the burnout route because that's what happened to me in the end. You know, you keep going, particularly as a single parent and a solo entrepreneur, that's a vicious combination because you really have got nowhere to turn. And, you know, it's that whole thing. You can't keep going forever, um, you know, and you, you can't hydrate the donkey if the well's dry, you know. Uh, it eventually it just comes to a grinding halt and it took me 20 odd years to burn out but I got there and it's so lucky we are talking about all this now because it's so important to realize that you are not something that can keep going forever that you will run dry and you must must prioritize it and you know that's your physical health and your mental health because in the long run, it will be a bad investment if you don't. It's a short-term process to put yourself last. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's there's one phrase that like I always remind myself, like, 
you know, if you put zero in everything that you own, maybe your car, your house, whatever that is, and then you put one that represents your health, if you remove your health and it becomes to zero, everything will become to zero, no matter how big the number is. <laughs> I know you're so right. That's such a good way of putting it. And isn't it odd that as entrepreneurs, we have this belief that we can be Superman or we should be Superman. I'm not sure which it is. But, you know, we think we can rise above that and just keep going because we should. And, you know, we're mortal like everybody else <laughs> and come badly unstuck in the end. Understood. And obviously, if you're running a B2B business as well, um, like you mentioned earlier, what made you think is that uh, right now, like if you observe, you know, from the generation to generation to generation, is there a difference now being a female entrepreneur or a female, female founder versus a male founder? If there are some, you know, because I think a majority of my listeners are, you know, women as well. So how can they like come across in, in a way that they are not being intimidated by the opposite sex? It's odd. I, I didn't, it never worried me when I was selling. But when, of course, I, I grew my business, I got into manufacturing, which meant I was often the only woman in an all-male firm, you know, so there might be me and, you know, 40 men. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I became aware of it uh, in a big way because uh, a shop floor does tend to be very misogynist, basically. <laughs> and, you know, it was a real shock how bad it was. Um, terrible shock. It's And it, I think that's manufacturing the sector, uh, certainly in the UK, which probably is still very sexist, very misogynistic. You know, so I think I think it's, it can be still really tough for, for a woman. And if you can share, like, one lesson from the book that you've written, what could that be? strategize plan it in advance if you want to grow you know don't do what so many entrepreneurs do which is just drift and get bigger without a plan because that will be absolutely groundhog day you know it you've got to plan it out understood and can you give us a little bit context on that like obviously it depends on industry to industry but what do you mean by strategy Sure, I'd be delighted to. Um, yeah, I wasn't quite sure how much you wanted me to expand there. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you're thinking, you know, you want to plan out your money, you want to plan out your people, and plan out where you aim to get to, obviously, in a certain amount of time, and then break it down into goals, and how much resources in each case you'll need to do. Take the time in advance to plan your systems. You know, all these things are going to pay off because you are creating something that will stand on its own as opposed to you doing it at midnight. Understood. So when you mention about strategy, money, people, goals, uh, what is the end goal? Do you have an exit strategy or? I'm a huge fan of an exit strategy, to be honest, (laughs) particularly (laughs) from my point of view, as I made the mistake of not having good enough one. And, and because I was burnt out by the time I tried to do it, I didn't do it very well. Um, so, yeah, I am a big fan of exit strategies. I think, you know, founders are one thing. They are super talented, incredible, creative people. And CEOs are a different sort of talent that take on a business to grow it to another level. And, you know, the founder doesn't necessarily have that. They quite often get bored and impatient when they, you know, in the later stages. 
And, you know, oh, I've seen this old problem so many times before, <laughs> you know. And uh, I think we ought to really enjoy being funders, enjoy being creative, you know, put that package together, create a fantastic business off ground, and then get out and go and enjoy yourself for a bit and come back and do it again. Understood. So you won't recommend like staying in one business, make it your legacy or make it like a family business that you, you know, forward, you know, pass it on to your kids or something like that. Well, possibly I'm, I'm prejudiced because of that was my plan at one stage. And of course, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the best thing for the children. And in fact, in, in my case, it definitely wasn't. They've gone on to how to do fantastic things. And, you know, one's got their own business, one's in, in more in the corporate world, but incredibly successful. And, you know, they're having great lives and not, neither of them had any interest in coming into the business, you know. And had I been the sort of parent who, you know, was very enforceful and, you know, groomed my child for a business, I, I personally, I don't think that's, that's a good way to go. I think they're entitled to their own lives. So, so no, I'm, I'm all for letting the kids do their own thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's quite interesting how you, how you put it, because um, like most entrepreneurs or, you know, someone who scaled their own business, one of the things they, they think about is, right, how can I make this business, this wealth or this legacy continue towards the third generation, right? Not just the second, but the third generation. Um, but when you put it like, all right, so let them, because as a parent, sometimes I, I'm not a parent yet. We haven't had a kid, I mean, my wife yet on this recording, <laughs> um, hopefully. <laughs> so, <laughs> just Just to put that in context. Because most parents, when, when they are like running their own business, they try to train their kids at the early stage, maybe try to, you know, teach them how to sell, like you mentioned. Um, have, have that come to a point in your career as an entrepreneur? Or I, I mean, I have to say I did teach them those how to sell, <laughs> but as they were both quite theatrical in their teens, and I think the theatre world um, has, a, has an affinity with sales anyway, so um, both were very good, and indeed the one who's in corporate is very high up in sales and corporate now. So, so it, it, that bit stuck. But, it, you know, it just, I think they some more, but by the time they were in their teens, I was already starting to burn out. And I think they looked at it and thought, not for me, thank you very much. I don't want to go that way, you know. And, you know, but they wanted a life and they wanted to do their own thing. And, and like I say, I, I think that's the best thing you can do for your children is, is to let them go. Um, hard though it is, goodness knows, um, very hard. But, you know, it's their life, not yours. Understood. And as we're reaching towards the end of this podcast, where can people find you and know more about your work, Jan? Absolutely. Well, they can find me at jancavell.co.uk and they can find out a bit about the book there. They can download a free chapter and have a try. And as far as ordering it goes, they can go obviously to the Amazon if one's going to promote them. But uh, they can also go to any good bookshop and ask for it because Bloomsbury tend to sell everywhere. Bless them. So, yeah, wherever, it would be great. And, you know, if they want to get in touch with me and ask me anything about the book, it would be lovely to hear from them. Understood. And I believe you're also running a, a blog on Medium. Uh, I think that's where I 
I've I've dabbled on a on a on a blog on Medium. Absolutely, I write the odd bit when it inspires me, and I don't have a home for it because I write articles for business magazines and or digital publications in the UK still. And you know, occasionally I'll have something. I think you know, oh, I would get that out of my system months. I'll do a Medium blog. I really should be more focused about it and actually try and you know build my Medium followers, but I haven't got that far. But I I do have one on that. But I write a lot of articles which are on the website too, and and I'll gradually bring them in from where I write from other places, so you get the whole picture. Understood. So you heard it from John, everyone. So if you have, you know, after this episode, go to her website, johncavell.co.uk. Um, you can find out more about her work and her book. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach her out. And before my last and final question, John, I just wanted to acknowledge you for jumping on this podcast with me. I know it was quite short, and I really enjoyed our discussion. Uh, how you were vulnerable and shared a little glimpse on your personal life, because I think uh, as an entrepreneur and anyone who is aspiring, that is really important to have that balance between scaling and your mental health. So my last and final question to you, uh, John: If everything is stripped away from you, and you wanted to start all over again, what would be your main drive to succeed? As a parent, I think it, it is, it's always your kids, you know, so assuming in that strip back, I still have them, they would be the drive. You know, I think if I hadn't had them, I might have gone the writing route a lot earlier. I do absolutely love doing it. Well, I think that's it for today. And once again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Are you ready to launch your own podcast? Do you want to learn how to land big name guests and celebrity experts? Are you still overwhelmed with the confusing information about gear and software you needed? If you are someone who wanted to start a podcast and build a personal brand and spread your message to inspire and impact people's lives, then go to the website at thedrivetosucceed.com forward slash podcasting. The waitlist is now open for the Podcast Academy and on-demand online course well, I'll show you how to start, grow, build, and launch your future podcast. The website is thedrivetosucceed.com forward slash podcasting. Again, the website is thedrivetosucceed.com forward slash podcasting. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts. This way, it can improve our searchability, reach out, and impact more people too. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Bye for now.